Animal Fire Radio. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Size Up by National Fire Radio. Every episode's goal is to introduce you, our listeners, to concepts, ideas, theories, and wisdom from our unique guest. We call this a lifestyle podcast, but don't think we're only going to talk about one specific lifestyle here. Family, fashion, music, fitness, food, health, wellness, beverage, and sports all intersect in our lives in different ways. They all culminate to making us, us, and causing us to ask the question to ourselves, what's your size up? So sit back, listen in, and take notes on this episode's knowledge bombs. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Listen up. Our friends at Mercedes Textiles want to know, how often do you check your equipment? Probably every shift, right? But this month, they aren't just talking about the hose on your engine. Even if they have been a fire hose manufacturer for over 45 years. Because that hose is not the only hose you should be doing daily checks on. April is Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. So we here at the Size Up by National Fire Radio and Mercedes want to remind you to check your equipment. Because just like water on the fire, when it comes to cancer, response time matters. Early detection saves lives. This month, Mercedes is supporting Detect Together, a nonprofit organization dedicated to educating first responders on early cancer detection. Because if found early, the survival rate of testicular cancer skyrockets to 99%. I'd say that makes it worth checking your equipment regularly. So go to responsetimematters.org to learn how to check yourself and request your free firehouse education kit. Thanks in part to Mercedes Textiles. Taylor's Tins. Taylor and his crew from Taylor's Tins have been manufacturing metal helmet fronts since 2017. With over 200,000 metal fronts in the market, they are a leader in the metal helmet front space. Their creativity, as well as customer service, sets them apart from the competition. They are manufacturing one-offs within 24 to 48 hours to ship to your door. Not only that, but head over to taylorstins.com and you'll see all the other products that they offer. Right now on their homepage, they have a whole page dedicated to vintage metal prints. It's so cool to see the original prints of the fire apparatus, fire hydrants, fire helmets, fire boots, flashlights. It's so cool. They are printed metal tins that hang on the wall that are aged and look to be from the original days of when these prints were drawn looking for copyright and trademarks. It's really cool. Taylor and his crew are super creative. They're always pushing the envelope as to what products they offer to the fire service. Check them out at www.taylorstins.com. That's, again, taylorstins.com to get a hold of Taylor and his crew. And in the words of Taylor, stop burning up leather. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Size Up. And today we have a couple of firsts, let's call it. So today will be the first time I'm ever actually being the like audio engineer and and recording the podcast. Uh, Usually that's been done by our our elite staff of SEBI uh, taking care of it in the background for me. But I got my my system all hooked up here and I'm super stoked to be able to, to try to do this end. Um, but again, as you all listen, if there's audio problems, um, email Sebi and complain to him because I'm still going to blame him for any of this because uh, he tested it with me. 
But we're here with episode 12, and I'm super stoked to have my friend Sarah on the podcast today. So how are you, Sarah or Sarah Ray? Which would you like to be called? Sarah is fine. I respond to both, though. And what about, like, we can go with your IG name. We're going to talk about IG a lot. But, you know, do you just want me to call you, like, the Shrinking Savage or the Savage? Like, I, it's funny you say that I actually have people and friends that call me savage. I was, is that where the, is that where it came from? Like you were savage before or then? Uh, a little, a little bit. Yes. And then I just kind of thought that it was a, a catchy name. And then from there now it just strictly came into savage. Sweet. I, I do like it. Apparently someone had it though. Cause you had to do the underscore. I did. It's very hard to find names. You would actually be surprised. It is these days because so. IG, I know my, my, my son Finn uh, has an IG account and it took him a minute to come up with an IG name because mm-hmm. everything he was trying was taken and then he wanted to switch it and that got even harder. So the poor little guy took, took forever. Well, and I didn't want something like, you know, generic, like my regular name or something. I wanted it to be something catchy, even though at the time I was really just creating the account for myself. So it didn't really matter, but I liked it. <laughs> that's all that matters and it's catchy and listen there there's some truth to it so so i've been following sarah on social media now f- for a while i couldn't tell you when i when i jumped into your journey and it's actually really that's really punny of me because i think it had to do with your jump video and the turnout gear but you know before before we get too far down that road sarah just tell us a, a little bit about yourself you know where you're from what you do um and kind of we'll we'll, we'll guide the journey from there, I think, because it's also Sarah's first podcast ever, which I find, it, like, I don't know why. Yeah, it's definitely on. my first podcast. We're going to uh, have to get never, you more followers. Never been on one, and yeah, <laughs> well, I guess so, and get, and get you some uh, insight, too, I guess. But yeah, I guess a little bit about myself on how it really started, I would say that um, as far as, like, online and, like, how you would have came across me. That started in 2020, but I've actually been an EMT for seven years and a firefighter for five. And um, I live in a rural community. It's a part-time EMS volunteer fire department. And um, in 2020, I just, I hit my all-time highest weight um, of 327 pounds, which was recorded, but I'm sure at some point I was actually higher than that. And I, at the time, and still currently work as a full-time 911 dispatcher. And that sedentary life and all of that, the mobility decreased, um, you know, excuse me, responding on things for like fire-related just became really, really um, almost impossible. I continued to work EMS and there was just a, I had to do something different, almost drastic type of change. And um, it was kind of like a never looking back from that moment. And so now I am actually down, I range around 160 pounds down. And that's kind of, um, it's always a battle of consistency and continuing my fitness and health journey in general. And yeah, so. It's amazing, first off. Uh, Your your story has been amazing following it. But when you started in the emergency services, you were at that heaviest weight, correct? I I was... um, I was definitely obese. I probably, when I was in high school, I actually weighed well over 200 pounds. I have struggled with obesity my whole life, no matter what I tried. Um, 
you know, just different things. And it was nothing really stuck. So by the time I was going through my EMS, my EMT, I weighed, I think, 250. And then, you know, there was moments of fluctuation up, down a little bit. And um, when I went through the fire academy, I weighed, I was about 260 to 270. And I worked my butt off before the academy to make sure that I was as prepared physically as I could be. And I lost maybe about 20 to 30 pounds during that time frame. And then after that, um, yeah, I just continued to gain and gain no matter what I was doing. And um, nothing, And then eventually it was so hard to be consistent with working out or anything. I was tired and all of that. And then very fast I got to that that highest weight. And, and yes, I did continue to work in EMS and fire for most of that, especially the EMS part. Yeah. At one point, I did take a, a step back from the fireside, um, but EMS, I definitely still did. Which is, again, I, I've worked both as well. And, you know, there, there's different physicalities between the EMS world and the fire world, for sure, as to what you're wearing, what mm-hmm. you're doing, and how you're doing it. But in EMS, you still have to physically perform when it comes to lifting and moving. Um, you know, I taught EMT for a long time, and I always kind of scoffed at the fact that the lifting and moving lecture is like 90 minutes, even though it's (laughs) 90% of your job, right? Mm -hmm. And and I, well, and that's one of the things that it's always crazy to me. Sorry. It's always one of the things that's crazy to me that, um, you know, I get it a lot and I just completely fine. People don't necessarily understand. Um, but there's a certain amount of muscle memory and EMS and fire, as well as, um, the consistency of doing it and working actively in it. And then the more, and so I was able at a high weight to perform, you know, in the fire station. Um, But the more that I got into working as a 911 dispatcher, the less I was able to work EMS fire. That's really when that, that took over to where it just really was getting too difficult. There was not, I was not as physically fit or capable at that time. And it was because dispatching is a very sedentary job, no matter what you do, long hours in there. Yeah. We, we, we spoke about that cause it's not a, I guess not a commonly known fact, but I did spend five years behind the mic as a dispatcher way, way, way back when, um, and that was before, <laughs> you know, you have, I, I know now a lot of places uh, put in stand up desks. I don't know. Do you guys have those? We do, thankfully. So, we, yes. We were able to lift, <laughs> we were able to lift our keyboard a little bit where I worked, but I spent a lot of time standing um, just in general because I'm kind of a high energy type of person anyway. Um, but if I mm-hmm. sat, I was working the night shift. And if I sat, I would probably just fall You're gonna asleep. Fall asleep. <laughs> that would be it. Now, I did get to a point, and it's been a long time, so you know, I don't think the statute of limitations could catch me on this one, where like I would dispatch a <laughs> unit and in my sleep almost. Like I would have one hand up on the console, my feet would be there, and I'd be able to, the keyboard, I had a little <laughs> setup. I had like my 4 a.m. setup. I'm not even kidding you. And I would type, like with the keyboard would be on my lap. I would type, my hand would reach over, it would hit the right dials the unit would go out, I'd get them responding and not back off until they said they were there again. That's just dispatcher life right there. <laughs> it, it kind of is. Prime right? example. Because you're stuck, right? You're stuck in that room. Mm-hmm. You're stuck with the folks that are in that room. And if you're not going to do something to get yourself up and moving, it's very easy to, mm-hmm. to just sit there. And, and it also helps if you eat. I definitely snacked 
a lot when I was a dispatcher. Yes. Well, it's easy to do that when you just, you run to the kitchen, you heat it up, you run back. I mean, I assume that for you, probably it was about the equivalent to what we do. We don't get actual breaks. Our break is, hey, I need you to listen to my radio or I need you to answer the phone. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go get some food. And then you come immediately back. I mean, so you're eating at your desk. You're sitting there. I mean, you just, you don't necessarily always have that that time to get up. So yeah, you are snacking for sure. It becomes very, very easy to. Yeah, it it was so simple. And I know know we're going to probably get into some meal prep stuff too, but uh, another end too on that that sedentary dispatcher life was takeout food and just, you know, DoorDash. Yeah, well, I didn't have DoorDash. Uh, Luckily, I worked in a college town, so we had places that were open all night long. And I had a lot of ambulance crews that would gladly go and grab us whatever we wanted. So it was always bad. Well, and I imagine that makes it even harder because if it's a a college town, then you know it's like pizza or (laughs) nothing, nothing nutritious. (laughs) It was so bad. We had like our, uh, we had like a, like a, um, and now you're really throwing me back here, Sarah, but we had like a, almost like an itinerary of our eating that would go on, you know? So we were, I was younger. I was in my (laughs) early twenties, um, I have been fortunate in life. You know, I've always had a fast metabolism. Um, getting closer to 45, it's not as fast as it was, let's say, when I was in those 20s. I'm seeing that now. Right. Um, but I just ate and ate and ate and ate. And luckily, it didn't affect me too negatively or anything like that. Probably what I was putting in affected right. me more on that end of it, you know? Mm-hmm. But it, it makes it really easy. And something that you keep saying, and I feel like we're going to keep coming back to, and it's by far one of my favorite health and wellness, I don't know if it's a topic or what it is, but you keep saying consistency, right? You, you've mentioned that yes. word, you know, yep. you mentioned it when you, 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 we spoke before, you mentioned it when you sent me an email, um, you said it like four or five times. Now I have it circled with stars because I want to keep talking about that. But it sounds like prior to that day, whatever that day was when you decided things were going to change, you were trying. You know, you tried for the fire academy. You lost 20 pounds. Um, you've tried uh, probably in high school. You tried to do different things. I know you said that. But can you just kind of walk us through the non-consistency of that lifestyle first? Sure. So I guess the best way to really, I don't know, get into the inconsistency is we all know it. We all know exactly how it goes. You are so motivated for any given moment. And so you're like, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And you may stay consistent for two days a week, maybe even a month. Maybe that's, that's still pushed it, but you might. And then life gets in the way you have a bad day or um, you're not seeing results as fast as you want to. And so you're like, Oh, well, it's not working. So I might as well just not. And Although I cannot say that I full on never or I never completely didn't try something, but I was not giving it enough time. I mean, if in a month you can't expect to see these grand results in a in a day, in a week, you definitely cannot. And that is where we all get stuck that we expect to um, see all these results and things happening right away. And so that really like on the mental aspect that like gets you and you're like, eh, not working. So I'm not going to do it. And so then I may, you know, fall off wagon if we want to call it that. And it would be 
you know, another month before I'd get back into trying something new, not even necessarily the same thing I'd already tried. It might be a completely different um, aspect or something, or I'll go to the gym consistently or, you know, whatever. But then another week would pass and I'd have another bad day or I, you know, didn't hit my, you know, food that I needed to for the day or I was too tired to go to the gym. And so it was just this, the, I call it the yo-yo effect of it was not a consistent lifestyle. It was nothing that I could. I always felt that I had to go like zero to a 100 so fast. Well, I can't stay at a hundred for the rest of my life. And so I think that now in like 2020 particularly is when I registered and really started to understand that, yes, I do want like anybody else. Cause I'm human. I want to see results fast. And I, I want to look in the mirror and be like, Oh, I've lost all this weight, you know, in this week as if that's realistic or, you instant, know, something like that. But I know, <laughs> I know. And I register now um, that that is not a realistic uh, life expectancy. It's not my journey did not end because I've lost the weight. My journey continues the rest of my life. There's more to a healthy lifestyle and a healthy life than just being a lower weight. And so now I register that consistency actually has to do with whatever I can consistently do the rest of my life to live as healthy as I can. Uh, wow. I mean, that's it right there, right? That is almost like you've defined consistency in such a way that I don't need to say anything. Like, I, I don't even want to talk about it anymore because that's the answer, right? <laughs> and I think when, when, it, when it comes to that, like, falling off the wagon and just everything that you said there, you know, it's because we're always comparing ourselves to others, right? We're, we're, and it's one of the downfalls of social media. It's one of the positives of social media. And what it matters, is that consistency for you and what it means for you. And it's not just one thing. Like you said, it's not just hitting that weight loss goal. You know, it's mm-hmm. how much better you feel after a workout or, you know, maybe you've taken, I know you did a lot of running and I know we're going to, we're going to get into some running talk here yeah. too, but you know, that little bit of a PR it's, it's trying to tell people, you know, sometimes two seconds off a of 5k is the biggest goal ever because you're two seconds faster. Right. And- right. Exactly. And it's little steps add up. And that's also something that we, as everybody individual, whatever kind of, you know, journey we're on, we have to remember that one step pos- or forward is still a step forward. Yes. It doesn't that- have to be 10. And that's what everybody seems to want, especially, you know, I've been in the health and wellness, like business of it for about 10 years now, I guess. And you hear that all the time. It's like, everybody's looking for the magic pill or the next best thing. And listen, mm-hmm. there's some great stuff out there for great tools, great supplements, great techniques, but you again, have to find what works for you and what fits into your life. So for you, exactly, right. You had to fit into your dispatcher schedule your EMS schedule, your volunteer fire schedule, and then still just being Sarah. So when you were looking for that, how did that all kind of come about, I guess, to, to make that change? Well, so I guess I'll just, um, the thing that really was my point that really was like, I'm going to do something and something different was, um, let's see. 2020 was when I really started to lose the weight. So in 2019 was when I 
continue to work EMS, but I put my fire gear up for the last time until I lost enough weight to um, comfortably respond again. And I, the reason I say that it was the last time that I put my gear up, I did not for a, almost a year, I did not put my gear on to respond on the engine because I went mutual aid to a structure fire. And keep in mind, when I tell this story, I was not at my highest weight, wasn't even close and um, got on scene. My gear was tight, but it was functional. I could still do what I needed to do up until I was actually on a charged line outside, spraying down a building just to, you know, keep it from also catching fire. And I was having a hard time holding on to it. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of weight, you know, all of that. And when it was time to get up, I was at a kneeling position and I could not get up with that weight on my body. One, physically my body, but also the amount of weight that you carry just from wearing the gear. And I had to crawl over a few feet to a deck to actually pull myself up. And um, when I got back in the engine, we were going, we were coming back to the station. I was thinking the whole time, I will never let that happen again. Because although in that instance, you know, there was nothing major that happened, but there was that potential that something could have. Nobody ever told me or ever said anything to me. They were never like, Sarah, what was that? Or um, are you okay? Like, did you have some issues or like whatever? But I knew that I did not want to be that person. I did not want to respond on any kind of call unless I was absolutely positive that I was going to be able to get myself, my partner, you know, another person just in general um, out of any situation. And at the time, even at a lower weight than what my heaviest was, I was not like my mobility had decreased. Um, and so that was when I really started searching and looking for something to change. And um, I don't know if actually, you know, this, if you've been following me, you probably do. In 2020, July of 2020, I did have bariatric surgery. Um, and that was something that I obviously did not make as a easy choice. It's again, a tool. It's not something that you just get to lose all this weight and keep say, it off. Say that again. Trust say, me. Say, say that again, please. <laughs> say that again. It is, it is a tool. It is not a magic fix. It is a tool that will potentially help you if you are willing to still put in the work. Um, and so, Yeah. From that day when I put up my gear, I then started to look into it, do a lot of research and all of that. And the video that's very popular that I don't know may have actually brought you to me, to be honest. I think it did. I think was that was it. A, yep. was a video of me um, putting on in May of 2020, putting on my gear when it was way too small. It was probably easily three. Well, trying to put on my gear, I should say. Um, probably easily three sizes too small at this point. And I recorded that video specifically knowing that I had not touched that gear in multiple months, but that something was about to change and I would never feel as I did that day again. Um, and that I soon was going to be regardless of, you know, the, the choices that I was making as far as like going through the weight loss surgery or anything. I knew that whatever was about to happen, it was, this video was going to be my constant reminder of why, why am I consistently living a healthy lifestyle? And um, so, yeah, from May of 2020, there was never really any looking back after that. That so. is amazing. And I did not know all of that, let's say. So, so that 
courage and that wherewithal, I'm not even sure, I, I'll come up with the best adjective, I'll, I'll put it in the description for sure. But you know, you, that self-awareness, you know, for the folks that out there are out there listening who aren't firefighters, you know, our gear is anywhere from 60 to 100 pounds extra on our frame. Yeah. Um, it's extra on Sarah's frame, it's extra on my frame. And we all have to mm-hmm. be able to carry that load. Um, when Sarah mentioned about her, her mobility being impinged, you know, our gear alone, wearing that gear impedes on our mobility. I think impedes is the word I want to use, not impinge. It is, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's hard. It's hard to move in it. Then, you know, Sarah mentioned she was outside on an exposure line. You know, you get wet and the gear becomes heavier Mm -hmm. and it becomes less mobile and harder to move. And I speak about Mm -hmm. this on, on my end as being someone who is considered a very healthy person, let's say. If I'm wearing the mm-hmm. same gear Sarah's wearing, doing the same job Sarah was doing that day, it's hard for me to move. It's hard for exactly. me to sometimes get up off a, the ground, let's say. I've used a deck to pull me up. And it's also something we both love to do. Um, I can tell from the mm-hmm. way Sarah was explaining that day, and she loves being a firefighter just as much as I do. So for her to make that conscious decision to hang up that gear um, for herself for the other firefighters around her and for the folks in the town that she serves is just remarkable to me. If I had the applause button thing working on my board, I would press it right now. (laughs) Because it's hard. That would be cool to have that, but yeah. (laughs) It's there. It was one of those buttons I showed you before. I just have no idea how to use it yet. But maybe we can add that in there. But, you know, that's really hard. And I know that there are people listening to this podcast now, whether they be firefighters, police officers, anybody who one of the reasons they don't want to make that change is because they don't want to make Mm -hmm. that conscious decision to maybe take a step back in their life to make their life better. Right. And the thing is, is it's exactly Mm -hmm. that, Um, you know, it's, it's totally different also going to a volunteer fire department versus um, a full-time fire department. But regardless I wouldn't say, or I would 100% say actually that, you know, the calendar firefighters that we all see and we all love and all of that, that's not really reality. I'm not saying that that does not happen. I'm not saying that there are not standards and it is not, it <laughs> is not the don't. average firefighter is not going to be in a calendar. Uh, so there's, there's, there's 12, exactly. months, there's 12 months in a year, folks, right? Sometimes if you look at a firefighter <laughs> right. calendar, someone got two months. So just think about right. that. Right. Right, exactly. Um, And so I think that exactly what you were just saying about, you know, that you could take a step back or whatever in life. And that's kind of what I did. But the matter of the fact is, I could have came back to the station, I could have put my gear up, and then I could have talked to my fire chief and been like, I'm sorry, but this gear is a little too tight on me. I need the I need I need new gear. The next size up. I I could have, and I most likely, uh, granted, like I'm a volunteer, like it's at a rural community. I may not have gotten gear right away, but my wish would have been granted. I would have gotten different size gear, and then I could have, you know, continued to respond on calls. And I, you know, that was never even something that I actually considered at that moment when when I could not get up off that ground because I was willing to take that step back. Because I knew that even though it was temporary a step back, it was not going to be always that way. So 
That's so awesome. And, and you know, I wanted, yeah. I, I wondered where the video came from, actually, because I was like, wow, she just had this video and decided to take it. But that is another thing that I think when we talk health and wellness and that consistency again, you know, is, is having these tools for ourselves, right? You took that video for mm -hmm. you. So you would have that as a reminder, you know, and I think that is just such a strong thing to do because it, it has to, in a way, hurt to watch that video, but in a way feel so it good, does. right? Yeah, it's a, it's a both ways that I remember like it was yesterday, what it felt like, but I also know that although I remember that feeling because I will never forget it, I also know that I will never have to actually feel that way again because I will never allow myself to feel that way again. Because you're consistent, we're gonna keep going with this. It's it's actually gonna be the name of the, the, <laughs> yes. the, the name of this one is gonna be consistency counts or can, maybe consistency matters. I'll, I'll work on it, but it's gonna be something it. with consistency in it. So so you know, and you keep you keep saying 2020, and I'm like, man, 2020 was a big year. Like some crazy stuff went down in 2020, and you know when you it were did. you were deciding to to have your surgery, I'm sure you, you were. We were still in the thick of the pandemic. Um, oh, we were, <laughs> which, which had to be an interesting thing because, you know, I guess if we were in the summer, uh, gyms were still mostly closed. Um, it, it's kind of hard to remember, mm -hmm. even though it was only three years ago, but you know, that was a big thing. They closed gyms. And so how were people to work out? Mm -hmm. Um, how were people to stay healthy? And so many people went into, uh, doing home fitness, um, which mm -hmm. was a great, thing for a lot of folks to realize maybe they don't need all that fancy equipment. They could just use their body to work out. And I'm sure your surgery right. time was really interesting, but then what about that after surgery? You know, what did you kind of jump into to keep you or to start you on this path, let's say? So after surgery specifically, um, once I obviously was surgery. So after my restrictions were lifted and I was able to go, I started with the very basics of, walking again, making it a habit to just get out there every single day and slowly build up to longer, faster. Um, and before I actually knew it, I um, started to do interval jogging. Like that was something that I always in high school, even, you know, there was a very, very, very brief time to where I was a little bit thinner. And um, I did cross country, like I did all sports in high school. So another prime example of <laughs> even with obesity, I never let it completely hold me back. But I savage. was definitely you're, you what were I a considered savage then and you're a savage now. Savage, so yeah. Just being a savage. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> now I'm just shrinking savage. <laughs> so I um yeah, I always knew that I wanted to get back into running and running was one of those things of I never believed that I would be able to do it again and when I hit so the day that I had surgery in July, I was down 30 pounds and that was from a crazy prep for surgery, unfortunately. Nothing that, not, nothing not you could do. Not in a good way, not the way do. you want to really lose 30 <laughs> No, 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 no. And that is what I want to point out because I know that there's going to be somebody that's like listening. They're like, well, if she could lose 30 pounds without surgery, then what? No, it's nothing consistent. Not it was a liquid diet, let me tell you. <laughs> so It's not going to um, stay, trust but, me. No. And so I, um, I forgot where I was going with that. Sorry, but. Well, you I lost, started you doing the interval weight. running. Yeah. And... Yep. So you started yes. doing interval okay. running. That's where you were going to. 
Okay. And so I, the day of surgery, I was 297. So that was down 30 pounds. And, um, by time, I don't know, September came around, I was already down 80 pounds. So I lost weight fast. And it was because I started to see it coming off. And I was like, whoa, my body almost feels great. Like, even though I was still very, very much morbidly obese, the pressure on my joints were being lessened. Um, my eating habits were so much better. So I didn't have as much inflammation, like my mobility, because I was prioritizing going out and just something as basic as walking. All of these different things were just adding up and making it just like so much I don't want to say easier because nothing is ever easy in any, any journey, but it was something that I was like forming these healthy habits. And I was like, all right, I'm tired. I get it. We're going to do it anyways. And so, yeah, I, it it started as, as easy as just walking. And then I slowly built up to interval walking and jogging and then into full on jogging. And then, um, I started doing like strength training in there, um, free programs, like, workouts on Pinterest or um, just like little things like that. And eventually then I started getting into actual trying to lift like more heavy build muscle um, AMRAP type of things. And it's just from there, it's just been consistently more and more of, you know, building strength and muscle and getting faster, that type of a thing. And it's that you took it over time. Right. Again, it's just like you talked about Mm -hmm. before that you weren't necessarily trying to do the quick fix like you had in the past. You know, you started by walking. There's there's so many people that I've met along my journey that are like, I want to run a marathon. And I'm like, so maybe you should run a 5K first. Let's train you for a 5K. (laughs) Exactly. Like, let's get the 5K going. Right. I don't know if you followed it or not, but that Couch to 5K program is free. It's been like the freest program mm-hmm. forever that I've ever heard of. And I've recommended to so many people because it's that interval training. It's a walk run mm-hmm. type of a, a program. Yes. And when you're just starting, that's a great way to get going. You know. Yes, it definitely is. And that's actually pretty much what I did. I did one that was very similar that it was um, at the time it was two minutes of walking, one minute of jogging, two minutes of walking, one minute of, you know, jogging, but like do this alternating thing and build up slowly to, you know, also prevent injury that we all need to make sure we do. It it helps to not Um, be injured. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Talk about a setback. If you do that, (laughs) that really is uh, something that people need to realize too. I think when you're talking about your journey is too much too fast is not always a good thing. Yeah, and, and training while injured is never going to be the answer, no matter who you are um, at all. Amen to that. Right. <laughs> Easiest way to put that. But something, something to you, you glazed over in your, your quick talk there about all these amazing things you did was that you started feeling better because you changed some of your, I guess, eating habits is a good way to put it. You started eating healthier things. So I know yes. post pre and post surgery, those are like you have to do's, but then I know a lot mm-hmm. of folks who've had surgery and they didn't want to keep doing, I guess is a good way to put it. So FDIC is coming up in a couple of weeks and I'm super excited to bring the size up by National Fire Radio to the show. It's always so cool to see literally all the firefighter stuff in one place. I always make it a point to swing by the hikes footwear booth because one, I love shoes. Two, I love shoes. And three, they give out free backpacks the first two days of the show. And who doesn't love a good bag? Am I right? 
Plus, I hear they're coming out with a state-of-the-art structural boot that's going to be a game-changer. I'm super excited to check those out and get one of those free backpacks. I hope to see you there. Yes, and um, unfortunately, that is why there is such a stigma on weight loss surgery. I'll just put it out there because we both know that it is. People, you know, instantly think, well, she cheated, well, I'm like, which always gets me because I'm like, Ew. I cheated what? I cheated what? <laughs> um, <laughs> like I you, che- know, like but... you cheated on your test. Like you messed up the curve for everyone else. You did something for yourself. Right. Right. Yes, exactly. It's a tool, guys. It's It's a tool and you have to use it properly. And it's exactly that. Um, yeah, at this point, if I wanted to, granted, sometimes it may not feel good because weight loss surgery does change your stomach. I could eat whatever I wanted right now. I mean, with limitations, but I definitely there's nothing forcing me to, you know, food prep or eat healthy or choose not to, you know, have the high sugar cake and, you know, nothing telling me I have to the weight loss surgery is not forcing me to measure my food. Like, so yeah, after, um, after surgery, I did, it was, of course, right after surgery, you naturally are building up to what you can and cannot tolerate. That is just a given. Um, you know, you go from the very basics of essentially protein drinks, getting in your protein, getting in your fluid and all of that. And then you slowly build up to what you can and cannot handle and all of that. And, um, during that time, I made sure that I started to track my food, that I'm a big person on. I'm not saying you have to do it for the rest of your life, but if you are really unaware on what you are or are not putting in your body, track your food. There are free apps to do so. <laughs> track it. Trust it will actually me, tell you, you that amazed. you're putting bad things in your body. The app will, you'll realize from seeing right. on the app that like, I'm doing way more bad right. than I'm good. Right, exactly. And I mean, you just it may be as simple as you do not realize what a serving size is. Because I mean, this, you go and you get like a, even a happy meal at freaking McDonald's. Is that a serving size? Probably not. (laughs) I mean, it's just under, I think, but it's the same as when they started putting, you know, like, uh, everything has to have the calorie count next to it, right? Which is great. But yes. That didn't stop anyone from ordering, you know, a no. meal that's 1600 calories as their, you know, third meal of the day. That's just a number next to it. Right. Attention to right. It. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I started to feel better because I was prioritizing making sure that the things and the foods that I was putting in my body was actually fueling my body, um, you know, protein. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with carbs. I know that that, you know, it's hard concept sometimes and still for me, but there's nothing wrong with carbs. I mean, it's just you want everything in moderation. That's just everything in general in this world, you know, Um, but I was definitely eating things that were whole foods. They weren't overly processed. They um, just they were really things that were actually giving me nutrients. And because of that, my body's inflammatory like inflammation went down. And um, that, of course, was aiding in weight loss, um, then mobilizing, walking, just basic things like that on top of making sure that my food and I was nourishing my body, all of that just really um, aided in continuing to help like with everything and food prepping too. That that awareness is so key because like I said, I never really had any, well, I didn't, I've never had a weight issue, but mm-hmm. what I eat affects how I perform mm-hmm. 
all the time. So exactly. If I mean, I may. I mean, uh, it, people are going to be like, I can't believe you said this. Like, I may have <laughs> fast food like five times a year. Let's say like e- even my kids, like my kids have eaten, have eaten it more than I have. But occasionally uh-huh. it'll be like, let's go to some chain fast food place and get something and I eat it. And then right. like two hours later, I'm like, my body does not like this. My body does not like this. <laughs> right, exactly. And that's the thing is if you're not used to it or it it does, it changes how you do feel in general. And if you are somebody that regularly every day eats like that, you probably are not feeling the best or you may, but you do not realize like if you were to cut that out, um, it may, uh, you know, everybody's different, of course, but it probably is going to change something. Maybe not it like externally, like physically how you see yourself or anything like that, but even like internally, how like your digestion is like something as basic as that uh, mental health, even, I mean, it's crazy how food actually affects us in that sense. So, um, yeah, I don't blame you on the five times a year. I would like to say that I only eat it five times a year. Maybe it's more. Maybe it's more and I'm trying to prop myself up a little bit, but it's definitely not a lot. I just I just went through uh, an experience with with my mom passing and I was at my parents house a lot, um, spending a lot of time with them and. I drank more soda out of those little cans of soda mm. in like a, a three week time frame than I think I have in the past two years. And my insides mm-hmm. were so messed up and I kept blaming it mm-hmm. on you mm. know, my, my situation with my mom and dealing with all that and everything. And my wife right. was like, would you just stop drinking the soda? Like, would you just stop That's what's <laughs> doing this to you? You realize that I'm like, but it's so good. It makes me feel so much better. Why can't I, I stop? Yeah. It makes me want another one and it makes me feel better for like seven seconds. And then like, you know, two hours later, I'm like, oh, my stomach's killing me. But, you know, right. um, It's that really. Well, it's funny you say that, that that whole seven seconds thing. It's we want that immediate gratification. And that's just us in general. That goes back to the whole we want immediate results. That's why we don't stay consistent. (laughs) The, The soda right then, you know, that right then at that given moment, you may temporarily feel better. You may not in a few hours. They were the little cans. They were just the little teeny tiny cans. It's okay (laughs) if I have four of them because they're tiny. (laughs) If you have four of them. (laughs) Just just casually slide that one in there. Four. Maybe that was like one or two days. That was was a really bad day, let's say. But yeah, like that that cycle is real, (laughs) right? And, And we all fall into it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's easy when you're working a dispatch shift, you're at the firehouse, you know, it's the holidays, everybody's bringing in cakes, everybody's got oh, this, yeah. that, the other thing. And you just have to realize that you can't have it all, you know, everything in moderation, right? A, a theory. Exactly. And, you know, I also, so I am, I really am. Obviously, if you are making some kind of um, you have a short term temporary goal, like completely fine. If you're going to up your workouts, you're going to change your um, nutrition temporarily or something like that to a little more extreme versus what you would do for the rest of your life like that completely makes sense. But in general, I am huge on, you know something that obviously that you would want to stick to for the rest of your life. We've talked about that, the consistency and the whole moderation. So if you want to have a piece of cake one day, there's nothing wrong with that, but don't have it every single meal, you know, don't have it necessarily every day. Um, You know, it's just, there's nothing wrong with having it. And I think also, 
you know, just another, I know I always go back to saying the same things, but if you, you know, fall off track for one meal, don't ruin the rest of your day by eating terrible the rest of the day. Um, you know, just whatever, just chalk it up. You right. Exactly. Just, it's not a failure unless you, you allow it to prevent you from just getting right back on track. You know, you can go out with friends and enjoy a meal or even have a drink or whatever the next day. Okay. Back to it. You go. It's an, and it's as simple as that. It's complicated, but simple. You mentioned the joy of tracking the foods that you eat. I, I do not find joy in that. I've been on a few <laughs> programs um, to put on some muscle or to try to, you know, meet a goal or, or to you know, do something. And I, yeah. I do not find any joy in logging my macros. My wife does it every day. She measures things. She's very consistent, very mm-hmm. good at it. I don't find joy in that. Do you find joy in that? Because I know a lot of people do not. <laughs> I do not want to track the rest of my life. And I currently started retracking because I want to lower my body fat and I want to up my muscle. So I know in order to do that, I need to be more aware of what I am or am not eating. Um, and so right now I'm enjoying it. But the only reason I'm enjoying it is because when I hit those numbers of like, yes, I hit my protein today. <laughs> like, it's a good feeling. I'm like, all sure. right, we got this, Sarah. But in general, I totally right. I totally get what you're saying, though. It's not it's not this glorious thing of, okay, here we are again, taking time, tracking it, scanning the barcode, whatever you do. I totally get it. And there's nothing you don't have to. I just want to eat. I'm like, I just want to eat. You stupid barcode won't scan. I'm like, I hate my phone. I hate my life. I just want to eat this thing. You're like, why? It's like I'm not I'm exactly. not eating something strange like it's like this product is sold internationally why don't you work it's, barcode It's cottage cheese why won't it go in <laughs> It really oh. is like that though It, it is but it's no it's it's <laughs> but No feel- and it's totally fine if you do not find joy in it I do not I think that yes if you are on a specific goal it definitely is a very good tool that everybody at some point should utilize. But you don't, if you are, you get in the habit of just eating or making healthier choices, like say you're going to go get a, a burger, well, take half of a bun off or something, you know, yeah. just like little things like that. I mean, that's just a little helpful hint for people, you know, just little things. Um, so bun, you don't have are, to track. Carbs aren't bad. Just use <laughs> half a bun as per Sarah. Like that's okay. <laughs> It's just all about your goals. Is the full bun going to make me one feel good? Will I? (laughs) Is it worth it? I mean, it's just, it's all what you want and what your goals are. (laughs) And a half a bun or a full bun is a big difference in your goals. So keep that in mind when you're out there counting because that's how she made it this far. Like, that's the secret, I think. The half a bun strategy. It it is. Oh, 100%. We have got the secret. That's it. Have a bun. Oh my gosh. This this is what we're talking about now. So so the journey was great, right? You were running. Mm-hmm. You were having ups and downs because everyone has ups and downs that we, we kind of talk about. And this yes. whole time, you were documenting it on social media. Like very well. You could go back on I Sarah's was. page on IG and pretty much follow her step by step through this journey. I'm sure that that was helpful in a lot of ways and maybe not so much helpful so yes and no so here's what's funny about the 
whole social media thing. I created uh, my Instagram is shrinking savage. And I created that one because when I was looking into specifically what else can I do to really help lose weight, particularly, I was starting to look up other accounts and follow those people. And, you know, sometimes I would reach out to them. And, um, you know, a lot of them have been very helpful in the journey of getting back to me. But when you have a high number of you know, followers or whatever, like these people did, it's hard to get back to them. And so I actually created it one for my own documentation, I wanted to look back and be able to see all of this and see what I'm doing. And oh, it did this work? Did this not work? Am I having a good day? Am I not? And then I also wanted it knowing that even if my page helped one person, then that was one more person that, you know, hopefully was able to have a, a better day or make a healthy a choice or something like that. And so that's actually how it started. And um, my page continued to slowly grow. Like there was nothing major. Um, I didn't even, I never advertised it um, to like people I knew really, like, of course they've found it since then, but there was not really anything major up until I just ironically was on TikTok and I made a video that is very popular um, of me in my my gear trying to fit in and then a little bit of a transformation of when I was down, I think, 100 pounds. And I didn't even have notifications on. So can you imagine my surprise when at the time my roommate, she looks over at me and she's like, Sarah have you been on TikTok? And I'm like, no, what's up? Whoa. You just broke it. I'm like, you just broke the internet. <laughs> well, and it had literally been like 30 minutes and there was already like 500 comments. And I'm like, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know how to work social media. <laughs> this wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> and it was, and I was just like, like, you know, the, it's of course, you know, there's always going to be the people that think of that course. they know better or have the things oh, to say. Course. And that's okay. Um, but the amount of support, the people that were like, oh my gosh, I'm in the same boat. And that's just how it's been even since that video came out, you know, the following then continued to grow and um, on both Instagram and TikTok. And, um, you know, I've, it's it really is very truly I feel very blessed to have experienced what I have been experiencing because it really was as simple as I'm doing this journey and if I can help one two three other people um, and so to have all these people that um, have reached out or continue to reach out or they'll ask me questions or you know hey do you have any advice or like you know and I always of course prep it by well this may not work for you but just I suggest this, you know, things yeah. like that. And um, it has just, it really has been a like truly amazing experience. And the people that has brought, for example, you like into my life just from a video, you know, um, and it's, it's, I still joke about it because I'm like, jokes on all these people because I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know how to work social media. I have no <laughs> like, idea. Do this cool they're like do this cool transition video i'm like what is that there's, there's an app i just got it actually for these transitions people are doing i'm trying to figure it out so i'll let you know how that happened. yeah let me know yeah because i definitely don't know but I, I think that's one of the best parts of your story right is you you didn't set out to to do this let's say you set out to do this you had a goal 
and you were like, eh, let me document mm-hmm. this for myself. And the next thing you know, you're helping complete strangers um, who may or may not yeah. succeed like you did. But it's again, it's that one person. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can make one person mm-hmm. better, the world's going to be a better place. Mm-hmm. And that's a big right. part of this and, yeah. podcast, too, is, is trying well, to and, share stories. Right, exactly. And I just, since we are talking specifically about the fire department, not even, I mean, we're talking about all of it, but even just um, not even related to weight loss, particularly, I've had, you know, um, a females reach out and be like, oh my gosh, like, I really didn't know that it was really possible for a female to be a firefighter. And, you know, that surprises me. I still find that sort of amazing because we still see that a lot on social media. The story that, yes. I didn't know a woman could be a firefighter and I don't know. I, I don't know. That's an odd one by me too. Either yeah, way, it, I, it is. Yeah, it is. But it's just like simple things like that. Or um, I've had, you know, um, mothers and fathers reach out saying my daughter like saw you and she now wants to be a firefighter. Just like simple things like that. And, um, and that's not even related to weight loss or anything. It's just as simple as, Oh, now they may, you know, they may now volunteer for a fire department or, you know, they may become, you know, a firefighter. And so then like, even like I say females, but the, I've had some high school boys that have reached out and they have said that they are overweight and that they did not know that it was possible to be a first responder overweight. And that in of itself also kind of surprised me. And so then that also then, you know, was like, oh, my goodness, like, wow. So maybe this kid will go for it. And, you know, he, you know, will understand and start to go after his dream. And then hopefully that will be a a healthy lifestyle that he will then form, you know, going through the career and all of that. It's just every little thing. It's just been so amazing. Well, I think that that's a great thing that I had never really thought about either is that, you know, if you, you're getting contacted by a lot of people, obviously, and, and you have those younger boys or girls who, who may be uh, obese or larger and they want to enter into mm-hmm. the emergency services and you have that ability now to change how they enter it because you can explain to them your right. position and why you made the change for yourself and for the others. Right. And so they can start on that healthy path mm-hmm. because, you know, when you see a, a larger child or a, a younger adult, you know, that's kind of been, it's not always all their fault, right? Because we all, when right. we're younger, we're modeling behaviors off of people that are older. Um, we mm-hmm. don't know as much. I mean, I know that when I was younger, I drank soda like it was going out of style. Like that's, I didn't. Right. There were no other options well, and- in the house. Right. And I mean, just the basics of what you said, you've never necessarily had like a being overweight problem, but you may have not always known how to eat healthy or, you know, you're just modeling behaviors and stuff. And so all of these, (laughs) right. And so like, just for me, um, I grew up actually with a family that they were actually very big on health. And so they did not keep sweets in the house. But yet I was still here, this obese child, because I didn't have a fast metabolism. I had like these chronic illnesses, things like that. And then on top of not knowing how to be consistent, um, find something that worked for me, then it just, you know, it just kept on multiplying and all of that. And so for me also to hear these, you know, um, kids essentially or young adults or whatever that are overweight and they're like, I didn't know it was a possibility. Well, I'm a prime example. 
I was overweight when I started in the first responder world. So, and I obviously definitely see the benefits of now how I live my, my lifestyle um, for, you know, the healthier, but I also will never not encourage somebody to go for their dream, regardless of what their weight is, because it doesn't make them more or less capable. And so to be able to see these people, you know, men, women, kids that are like, I just didn't know it was possible, but now I'm going for it. Like, thank you so much. Like, and it's not about that. It's just, it's about seeing people actually realizing, I mean, as simple as realizing their worth and then figuring out what works for them and doing what's best for them and, you know, becoming a first responder. And it's just, I can go on and on about it. Say, you're like dropping some knowledge bombs left and right about this. And it's, it's a topic that not many people talk about, you know, like where, where you right. get these type of connections. And although there are definitely negatives on social media about body image and, and just different mm-hmm. negatives, let's just call them again, but there's so much more positive. Yeah. And I think that's what I love about your page is just the positivity from it and your positive interactions. Mm-hmm. If you can keep up with all these people that are mm-hmm. reaching out to you, it seems to be more of the problem. You need right. Stuff. And yeah, and I'm not trying to sell anybody any one thing or anything because again, nothing that everything that works for me doesn't necessarily work for everybody else. But I also want my page, and if I leave anything for anyone, I want it to be find what works for you. Um, well, don't let anybody tell you what you can and can't do. Uh, that's a big one for me. Um, but also, just like I want them to realize they're not alone. And so that's also why when I'm having a particularly like bad day of, well, I'm now going to skip my workout. I didn't eat the best today. I try and document that because this is real life. Yes, I have made some drastic changes in my life. um, And I would say that, you know, I think we've all heard of like the what 80, 20 rule or whatever, you know, 80%, like really good eating 20% not or, you know, whatever. And, um, that is so true just because I have had success with my weight loss and continuing to, um, become healthier and all of that. Um, it doesn't mean I don't have bad days. And that is also something and why a lot of times on my Instagram, particularly I document those days or I try and talk about them on my story or something because you are not alone. Every day is not going to be perfect. No, that is 100 and like a gajillion percent right. Because again, <laughs> we, we get that image on social media that, that everybody's perfect, I guess, or that you're trying to choose mm-hmm. perfection. And by this point, and again, I, I have two young boys, so I'm, I'm learning this through the eyes of uh, a, teen, a soon-to-be teenager and a tween or whatever the heck they call themselves these days. <laughs> but, you know, it's trying to keep them as grounded as possible that what they're seeing on mm-hmm. their screen is not always 100% reality. And it's trying to get them to follow folks like you that are putting out the truth of it. You know, they, everybody that follows Mm -hmm. me sees me working out with them, but sometimes that's like pulling teeth Mm -hmm. to get them to come out with me for one workout or two workouts a week. But I'm trying to get them on a track that will make it part of their lives. Like it's part of mine. And there are days Mm -hmm. where I don't work out. Don't, don't tell anyone. Right. Don't want to go in the gym. Like I'm just. Not, oh no! Yeah. Wouldn't want them to make it mean anything. Or, or life gets in the way, right? Like life gets in the way, and, and you talk exactly about people giving up after that happens, and <clears throat> you can't do that. Now, when you come right, back, well, two things. So life gets in the way, right? But you have to figure out whatever your new life is going to be. You know how you're going to continue. Right. Whatever your roadblock was, you know there there's. 
uh, I'm trying to think how I described it best, like roadblocks and obstacles. Obstacles are really easy to go mm-hmm. around. A roadblock takes a little bit yes. longer, but you can't let yes. that roadblock turn you around. You just have to find a detour around it. And I think right. that's a lot of what you're saying. You know, you find that detour and you just keep going, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that exactly is um, one other thing. I mean, for me particularly, I'll talk about like last year and then even into this year, um, here I am at essentially what I would consider maintenance stage. I lost the weight. Honestly, I lost more weight than I ever could have imagined. And, um, then here I am having trouble with my blood sugar. I became non-diabetic hypoglycemic. I had issues when I was overweight, but unfortunately the doctors blamed it on my weight. Then I lost the weight. They said that I lost the weight too fast. It's, you know, all this kind of stuff. Never ending. Cycle. So <laughs> it is, it is. But my, the point is it definitely became a very hard, major obstacle because here I am, cannot find something that was affecting it. One, like one time I could have a banana and my blood sugar would stay, you know, at a hundred versus the next time I'd have a banana and a banana is not known to us as unhealthy. A, a banana would then it's drop my it blood has sugar. To be healthy. Exactly. Exactly. Um, or, you know, one day I'll have like, I could have a donut and nothing would happen versus the next day my blood sugar would be at 44. Like, so it became a very hard obstacle of how do you manage or how do you continue to try and make these healthy choices um, when or when you're just sitting and your blood sugar drops randomly, let alone trying to work out and your blood sugar is dropping, you know, so that became a very real obstacle for me very fast. And, um, I could have at any point been like, you know what? I'm done. I am so frustrated by this. I am no longer doing any of it. I'm just, if it's not going to work out that I am just, it's just, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to put in the work and it could have. And I mean, that's just one example, but I figured out, I started to regular track my food again. I actually ended up advocating for myself. And I said, listen, this is getting dangerous because I was not registering when my blood sugar was low. It was getting my average glucose was resting around 64. And then I wouldn't get symptoms until in the 40s. So I was like, listen, I get that I am non-diabetic, but there's something not right. And so I ended up getting the the monitor that goes in your arm, you know, and um, able to kind of track it so it could alert me. And that was one way that I have, you know, on and off consistently um, been able to track that and work around it. And that's just one obstacle of, you know, an example yeah, and it's so easy. definitely something like, you don't done. plan. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. This has happened. I'm done. I'm just not even caring anymore. Right. <laughs> and awesome. it it could be. And it could be so simple as two of, you know, people like it's just like, all right, my phone is dead today. Now I or my Apple Watch is dead today. I can't go running. do my workout. I'm not running. My Apple Watch is dead. Or like it won't right. sync. It won't sync. I can't make it sync to my earbuds. I'm done. My phone is pissing me off. I've been there. I ran. <laughs> I ran right. Up. We all have. I ran we up. all have. It's this, it, every it's day there. isn't perfect. I, I ran a hundred <laughs> miles this past July in a weighted vest, a twenty pound weighted vest uh, for the Ooh. month. Thirty days, a hundred miles. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like a five k a day, um, and it wasn't fun. Yeah. And I skipped some days, which made me do longer runs on other days. And yeah, there was definitely one day where like I woke up. I got all my stuff on. I walked outside. It started raining. It was like 530 in the morning. And I'm like, nope. And I turned around and I went back in. Now, granted, I have a treadmill in my garage. 
but I just went right, right back to bed. Like, no, nope, I'm going You to went bed. right back Today's again. Today is not today. And that's just a prime example. <laughs> but then the next day, I'm sure, or the day after that, you got right back to it. I did. I did. <laughs> you I talked it up to, you know what, I just cannot today, but tomorrow I will. It got really hard at, like, mile, like, 64. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, I just have to keep going. It was, like, day 17, whatever it was. Um, but you, <laughs> you'll have those things, and you just have to work through You will. So... So mm-hmm. listen, as we're, we're kind of wrapping up here with our, our time together, but what's next for you? Any, any plans, anything I should be paying extra attention to on um, social media? Yeah, well, so we didn't talk about it in this podcast. So just briefly, I, as you would know, I am, um, well, nine weeks post-op from having skin removal surgery. Oh and with that, that was, was muscle repair, all of that. On my list of things to yeah. talk about. We'll do that next time. Part two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's completely fine. So I actually for six full weeks was restricted in the sense of couldn't lift over a gallon of milk, which is eight pounds in case you wanted to know, (laughs) wasn't allowed to bend, do housework, anything. So as you can imagine, um, even without having surgery, six weeks of doing absolutely nothing. Woo, that really um, that the physical ability or the mobility, the stretching, all of that. And then the habits that I got out of, like, I couldn't, um, I could barely stand up straight. It took me four weeks to stand up straight after the surgery. So, and then with the limitations of what I could do, I got out of the habit of food prepping because I quite honestly could not, I could not stand at the kitchen or, you know, anything like that. So, um, at my, or excuse me, at six weeks, my restrictions were lifted. And so now I am slowly making that build up back into my healthy habits again. And prime example of sometimes, you know, life gets in the way. This was for a very positive reason of why it got in the way, but I am now building back up to these healthy habits of food prepping, tracking my food, getting back into mobilizing, walking, um, you know, working out all of that. So yes, as I continue to do that, um, yeah, my next thing that I am working towards actually is my next goal is to get on a full-time fire department. Yeah, buddy. So yeah, so so I am doing my absolute best to stay injury free, but also remember on the days like after six weeks, anybody would be like, I'm just used to sitting on the couch, so I'm not going to go work out. So I'm getting back into these habits and I am reminding myself why. And currently my why is one to the healthy of the 2020 made fitting in my gear, all of that kind of stuff. But the short term goal right now is to get back to my fitness level and then continue to grow in that. And um, yeah, get on a full time department. And that way I've been very blessed to be a, a 911 dispatcher. That is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be a career firefighter or yeah, firefighter paramedic. So that is the goal. I felt the same way as a dispatcher, not to dissuade any dispatchers out there. It is a great job, but I wanted to do something different. So I understand what you're saying. Yes. And you know, bless those 911 career dispatchers, bless them. (laughs) It is too. And it's something, Sarah, I think I definitely want to have you back on to, to talk more about that job because there is a huge mental toll for dispatchers that we aren't talking about now yes um that Mm -hmm. it it, again i was younger when i was doing it so maybe that mental Mm -hmm. aspect of it i didn't even appreciate at the time but i i I remember back and thinking of some things that i that i did that way and just just how that went so we're definitely gonna have to talk about that another time um but i think yeah definitely one thing, and I think a great way to wrap this one up is going to be that you literally just said that you were 
pretty much immobile for six weeks, right? You couldn't work out, you couldn't lift a gallon mm -hmm. of milk, but you had this lifestyle and this healthy mm -hmm. habits, let's call them, and just this mindset. If you didn't have that and you were immobile for six weeks, would you be as happy as you were right now? No, probably not. And the, but the re reason I say that is for one, I, the reason I was immobile never would have came about if I wouldn't have had those healthy habits to begin with. I never True. would have gotten the surgery, the skin removal. But the other reason I say that is because currently, yes, it is definitely day by day hard because I, all those habits that I had formed were broke in six weeks time. And so Sucks. it's hard to get back into it, yep. but I know that I did it before I can do it again. This is the goal. This is the reason this is why I did it. And so now knowing that even though, yes, I was immobile for six weeks and all of that, um, getting back into it, regardless of how difficult or, you know, the difficulties of wanting the motivation, the dedication, all of that. I am so much happier even with how limited I still am in like my strength and all of that, because I know that each day I'm making a healthy choice to continuously like build back up and get to my goals and all of that. I don't know if that answered your question, but <laughs> it, 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 I think it did. And somewhere in there, the answer was there, but there was so, so much more better. It was just more better than an answer could be that I was looking for. <laughs> and you, you threw in that consistency again. And I think that's what this has been mostly about is that consistency. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to throw this in the show notes too, but just let everybody know where they can find you on Instagram and TikTok, your, your name there. Okay. Yeah. So on Instagram, my username is shrinking underscore savage underscore shrinking savage. And then on TikTok, you can find me under Sarah Ray and that's S A R A H R A Y nine zero. And that will all be in the show notes and I will have my son follow you on TikTok because I'm old and still don't understand <laughs> TikTok. I don't have the patience for it. Maybe that's the word. I don't know. I don't know why I can't figure it out, but yeah. I just can't get down mm -hmm. on it. But are you okay? So we're still talking and I'm not supposed to do this, but is it, is that a better <laughs> platform for you than Instagram just out of my own curiosity or no? Um, TikTok definitely has more followers but and if you comment on a video or something i will see it but if you actually want me to specifically get back to you you have a specific question or something i really encourage you to go over to instagram because i don't have as many followers over there it's a little more personalized i'm on there pretty much consistently every day and so i can even if it's not right away i will get back to you in a message a lot faster well, there you go, kids. And it's really not the kids that need to hear this. It's probably the old people like <laughs> me. But if you want to reach out to Sarah, the shrinking savage, do it on the IG because it's just a better platform for her. <laughs> so, Sarah, I want to yes. thank you. This has been a great talk. And I'm already excited for our repeat episode here. Uh, and hopefully at that time, you'll be telling me how you've finished the Fire Academy or moving through it. Let's see. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, definitely. And I really appreciate you having me on here. And you did a great job. You, Sarah was very worried. So make sure in the comments you say how great she did on her first podcast ever. <laughs> because she's like, yes, I've never done you. this before. What's it like? I'm like, we're just going to talk and see where it goes. So, so awesome stuff. I want to thank everybody for listening in. I want to thank our sponsors. Again, I want to thank Sarah. 
And for the Size Up by National Fire Radio, this is Pip, and I'll catch you guys next time. National Fire Radio.